This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, LSPod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com It's Swindon Town. Joe, it has felt like an absolute eternity since we last talked about Swindon Town. Hello, how are you? Hello, Rich. Yeah, it's, after the pretty hectic start to the season, it's been a fairly barren week for for this kind of stuff. But we're back. It's, I mean, it should be a busier day, but it hasn't felt like it so far. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm okay. Thank you, Joe. It's transfer deadline day at the time of recording. It's been a very, very quiet day. Not only is the shelf life of this episode uh, short because it's less than twenty four hours from kickoff, but also. We might have uh, maybe a, a signing or maybe an, a player exiting during this recording, maybe a couple of hours later. But hey, I'm still giving Talk Sport their advertising space. So I'm just, you know, aren't I a nice guy? Yeah, it's, it's good, good of you to make sure they're not missing out on anything. Because <laughs> I thought that was the biggest part of the new integration. Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. Uh, do we do we want to announce our own transfer deadline day story or are we going to let the world check social media by the time they're listening to this cross-platform announcement sounds all right well as everyone knows today transfer deadline day was johnny leefield's last day it was also my last day covering for total sports swindon because i am replacing johnny leefield in charge of covering Swindon Town but Swindon Advertiser so very excited to have finally got that move done. I believe our plan is that I will stick on the presser as now so there shouldn't be any changes there um, unless Rich wants to kick me off 
but yeah, very exciting move for me personally. And I hope everyone else is not massively annoyed about it. Hey, you know, I go where the Joe goes. So if we're going to the Adver, that's great. If we're going national, we'll go national together until your boss tells me I've got to leave the room. <laughs> we're, we're really riding each other's coattails at the same time, aren't we, Rich? <laughs> Yeah, I really just uh, leech onto other people's success uh, through amateur podcasting, but I have no shame doing it. A hearty congratulations. People don't see the amount of effort the likes of Joe go through to uh, to make their way in these careers. So very proud of you, Joe. A hearty congratulations. Thank you very much, Rich. It's, a, it's been a, a long year and hopefully it'll be an even longer one with some success on the field for for me to witness this season as I go home and away for the first time all season. Look at this. Look at this. Lovely. Uh, Yes, indeed. And of course, if I'm going to think about the presser, more questions you get to ask too. Yeah, the uh, the biggest part of the move probably is that I move up a spot in the the order for asking questions and uh, we'll have more to pick on. So hopefully the audio will be increasingly exciting as I get to get some slightly more juicy and higher up on the pecking order questions to send Michael Flynn's way. Onwards, and let's talk about Michael Flynn talking about Swindon. It was really weird going through the presser this afternoon because we were talking about last week's game against Crawley, which feels like such a long time ago with no Tuesday game. And it's been a week dominated by Jake Young and rightly so. So it's really good to get back on it. But he was asked about uh, getting so close to winning by seven. Yeah, he was uh, in the sort of tongue-in-cheek way that Andrew likes to deliver with, and as as was done with Aplomb here again, uh, about the, the fact that obviously scored five and then scored six. So will we be scoring seven against Doncaster? And after being relentlessly committed to staying grounded straight after the Crawley game. Michael Flynn was relentlessly committed to staying grounded ahead of the Doncaster game. And as has been his <laughs> mantra throughout, he'd very much take a 1-0 and a slightly less stressful game, uh, slightly more controlled, he said, he would quite like to see. Um, I, I would be incredibly surprised if Swindon managed to put... Uh, I, to be honest, I'd be slightly surprised if Swindon even scored against Doncaster the way this week has gone. And the last two games have gone. So, but um, but it, it you know it does feel like Michael Flynn is is very very concerned that people might be running away with themselves. And I think a few chocks were put down uh, during this press conference for everyone on a few different fronts. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's got to happen eventually, hasn't it? I mean, the 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 general mood amongst the the fan base in relation to on the pitch matters has been really really good and. I've been really feeling great about it without, you know, wanting to rain on parades because there are some concerns, but we can't be as free scoring all season long. It's going to happen eventually. We just just got to uh, embrace it when it happens or accept it at least. There's always sort of a bubble bursting period when these kind of things happen. And, you know, you don't score 11 goals in two games and become the top scoring side in the division of Swindon Town and things continue to go rosily. So, We'll see how it comes eventually crashing down. But for now, I think we very much have to be enjoying just how fun Swindon are to watch for once. Yes, absolutely. Completely on board with that. Michael Flynn was also asked about highs and lows about turning crowds. What what was discussed here? Yeah, it was towards to do with, you know, the way Doncaster has started the season. They're also yet to win a match 
um, in the league and had a bit of a, not disappointing, but a deflating defeat against Everton in the end in the League Cup just two days ago as we record this. Um, and you know, the potential to try and turn a Doncaster crowd against them with the way uh, Swindon have been playing in the same way if they were to get an early goal. But uh, Flynn, again, he's, he's, he doesn't feel like that that kind of scenario was going to happen. He's He was very complimentary about Doncaster throughout the press conference um, and and the, and the way they've built this team because there's, it was a fair amount of investment that they've put into the side throughout the summer. Um, he was, went towards, you know, Obviously, fans have got those expectations because of what what they did in the summer. But uh, he's he's not too concerned with the way the their crowd are going to react to um, what might happen, what might hypothetically happen on the pitch. It's all about uh, getting Swindon as prepared as they can be to to see if we can get those seven goals that he was refusing <laughs> to claim that he wanted. Yeah, nicely brought around to the seven to save me there. He was so complimentary about Grant McCann that I looked up. McCann's career to see if they were ever teammates I don't think they were but he was very sympathetic to his current predicament wasn't he yeah I don't, he certainly wasn't wanting to get a jab in early doors uh, to do with McCann who I mean it has had a lot of success obviously having been at Hull and Peter Brun done pretty well at both of those clubs has um, been including um, being in charge for the Halloween game I think uh, all those years ago um, but and you know he was he was making sure that he that everyone was aware that he thought that that Doncaster had actually done some good business over the summer, and and would event and would turn this um, turn their slow start to the season around fairly quickly, um, but he you know it was it def- definitely doesn't feel like he's he's playing that in he's got that at the back of his mind that these runs as I feel like I say fairly often on the presses. The runs in League Two, one way or another, very rarely last for that long. So, got to you've got to be wary for the fact that Doncaster have started slowly because presumably at some point they will play more like the squad that they've actually accrued um, indicates that they will be able to play like. Let's have a little break from Doncaster Rovers for a bit, and let's talk about transfers. It's a tough one for you, Johnny and Andrew, to really talk about because it's it's time-critical information. At the time of recording, there's just under two hours to go. And listening to Michael Flynn stopped me from checking for constant updates. I was kind of like, you know what, if something's going to happen, it's going to happen late. The one name that we've been hearing constantly or consistently over the last week or so as a free agent. So we're not reliant on that signing happening on the Friday, the 1st of September. So that can continue over the coming days and weeks. And he says one or two plates are spinning, but there didn't sound to be much optimism. You'll get a soundbite in a minute of me correcting myself (laughs) at post 11pm. As promised, there was a little bit of deadline day drama right at the end well half hour or so it was confirmed that jake wakeling jakey wakey himself had left swindon to join league one peterborough united on a three-year contract for an undisclosed fee having played 50 times for swindon in all competitions scoring eight goals and that was it it was it was a very pouring cold water over any sort of like hope of a or willingness for a multi signing 
day for Swindon Town. Yeah, Flynn has been pretty consistent with his with his thoughts on who Swindon will sign because, with the exception of Lewis Ward, he doesn't really count. They haven't signed a player since a ball was kicked in in competitive football so far this season, with the last one being Brooklyn Genesini right before the Peterborough game. So, you know, that it. It, it it did feel like for a while they were building something, but Flynn was was very much saying we'll get something done if if it comes our way. But there's there's nothing there was nothing particularly far forward, and you know off mic conversations would uh, indicate the same things um, in terms of where, what Swindon might actually be able to get done um, if um, future Rich comes back and says Swindon ends up signing four players. I would be incredibly surprised. You'd be busy. Um, there too. were quite. Well, yeah, there'd be there'd be quite a few people on um, there were quite a few people I saw on their phones um wearing Swindon Town tracksuits, um around the around Beversbrook. So I think people were were having the conversations you'd expect them to be having. But um, yeah, there's at, at this point I feel I see it as likely as Swindon make no signings whatsoever as they make one or two at this at this point. And I think Flynn's words would pretty much lead anyone to believe the same. Yeah, yeah, and he would go on to say of his squads that we're going to need to be lucky with injuries. That's not what you want to hear, really, um, citing that Clayton's going to come back at some point, and he would add that that's basically highlighting the defensive option, isn't it? Um, and there are about 17 or 18 games until the next window. Of course, the free agent market is there if we have an injury crisis. And, and a fair few Swindon fans, Joe, have said, look, we're fine. We don't need multiple signings. Fans want depth. We do need depth. And we are light in a few areas. But he's he's sticking by that. He's not going to sign a player for the sake of it, or if indeed the budget doesn't allow. But we just got to embrace what we've got. And it's it started well. So we should just encourage and, and accept that, really, shouldn't we? Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, I think everyone, everyone would agree, I, I would say, two new signings and stay would have been pretty ideal. I think if you do get lucky on, on injuries, then you know, there's probably just about enough squad depth to skate by on at this time. But you know, Flynn was immediately going, was sound like he was immediately thinking about January in terms of, oh, there's 17, 18 to go until then kind of thing. So, you know, it, it does feel like he was a bit down on the chance of something happening. And, it, and you kind of need to not make do, but make the best of what you have up until that point. Um, you know, hope, hopefully something does shift around in their favour. But um, yeah, it was there was there was not a huge amount of optimism over over the I think four signings he said he might want last week. Yeah, there was there was a little bit of mischief from Johnny in the advert with the wording of think of one of the headlines. I think he said it ideally four would be best but there was definitely no like that's happening sort of rhetoric was there no even back then he was saying you know i would i wouldn't expect four but i would quite like it to happen i think there's been some quite strict parameters if swindon had had been able to get anything close to that amount of business done to be honest um by the the sounds of how it's gone but yeah i think was possibly a bit of probably shouldn't slag them off but my new employers um trying to play on a bit of optimism with those headlines of four coming into deadline day because there was a chance stuff would get done, but it, it was almost never going to be that much. Yeah, it, it's fun doing this during deadline day window. I'm not huge on on transfers. I'm not as 
against it or not against transfers, but not as annoyed by the obsession with transfers as say baby Terry is, but um, I do enjoy them coming in. James Chester to Barrow. Uh, Frank Dabo has gone to Forest Green Rovers. DJ has gone on loan to St. Johnston, which made me feel a little sad. That, that penalty at Wembley might have ruined Faculty Dabo's life. That's, he gets all the way to a championship playoff final. He's back at Forest Green. There's, there's, there's quite a few sad transfers in that lot, to be honest. Yeah, football is a cruel mistress, and when it wants to be, that's for sure. More updates as we go along, and you already know that by the time you're listening, but heck, don't spoil my fun. Let's move towards the squad then, a little bit ahead of the Doncaster game, but what's the injury situation? Um, yeah, the injury situation is, well, we've, we've, we've been lied to before. Um, in as many words, but um, the only fresh potential doubt would be Liam Kinsella. He's um, supposedly picked up a snipe rock. I think he said he, he'd felt his hamstring during training this week. So, um, you know, if if he is to be believed, it would it would sound like uh, he won't be involved tomorrow. That was as far as uh, sort of time scale as Michael Flynn was willing to offer. But outside of the obvious two of Clayton and Divine, that should be the only. Uh, fresh injury concern to the squad and frankly it's not to one of the key players that Flynn referenced in having to get lucky with injuries. It is fun when he says we've got to get lucky with injuries so what's the situation? Well we've got to consider uh, possibly a doubt but that's going to happen um, especially after all of that football and Kinsella is probably one of the only players off the top of my head who's probably featured in every game so far as a starter or as a substitute, must be. Yeah, but obviously with the um, the Arsenal game, possibly Genesini, I think, might have been... Actually, wasn't involved in the crew, in the Crawley game. His sort of strange standing within the squad so far as being, I guess, the fifth midfielder up as, as many he's actually been involved more than anyone else, I guess. Oh, well, well, we'll see what happens there. Michael Flynn was asked about consistency within this very competitive division. What did he say? Again, it was, it was kind of stockish, as answers go, but... He said that um, it's all, all about trying to keep your momentum in, in terms of not necessarily being consistent the whole time. But you know, when you get on a bit of a run like Swindon have done so far, and particularly with the hot streak in front of goal, um, you know, trying to sort of keep it like that. And you know, it, he didn't manage to keep his consistency last season for a couple of reasons. I think he cited injuries being one of those. So you know, I think he felt that if you can if you can get consistency in terms of being able to pick the same players, then Consistency maybe is possible, but at, at this level, it's very difficult to sustain if you do get those those injuries. So uh, that's a good sign, given <laughs> given the signings we may or may not have made by the time this this podcast comes out. Mm, indeed, a lot of the conversation with Michael Flynn was in relation to goal scoring and goal scorers. It's been a magnificent season so far for goals when it comes to Swindon Town. Yet again, Michael Flynn pouring cold water on excitement. One more than the opposition, that's all that matters. Yeah, it's like the was it the England charm, we're going to score one more than you. That was all Michael Flynn is concerned about. He's uh, said 1-0 or 9-8, it doesn't really matter. I think Andrew responded to that saying... Uh, probably more likely to win 9-8 than 1-0 at the moment, which I don't know that um, <laughs> that Flynn was too pleased with, because he, he was very quick to come back with, no, we can get clean sheets, we've got a clean sheet now, we've got one, it'll be fine, we can defend, I promise. Um, so, 
But yeah, the, I mean, the goal scoring is the obvious is the obvious sight of this team at the moment. How how fun they are, really. Which after last season is a nice change. Um, personally, I think winning every game nine eight would be would be a lot more fun than winning it one nil. Yes, a hundred percent. You know, the darlings of Swindon Town Football Club at the moment, without doubt, are Dan Kemp and Jake Young. Not as much Kemp chat in in this presser, but I think if there's been a, a sort of lingering issue behind the scenes in terms of on the field matters, it's the fact that these chaps are very temporary at the moment and. The, the hope Mark Hughes didn't seem that bothered or that worried about Jake Young in his press conference very hard to read Mark Hughes but he was asked about it and he didn't exactly go yeah we'll bring him back if he keep, continues like this so clearly a, a trouble in paradise situation there thank goodness yeah and obviously MK Dons had brought in Jack Payne um, so hopefully that makes their depth in Dan Kemp's position a bit a bit sturdier but I mean, Flynn has said now on two occasions that they have, in fact, tried to bring in both of those two in on permanent deals. I think at large, Bradford quite liked Jake Young. And um, one of the things that Hughes talked about in that press conference and something I've heard before is that they just wanted him to get game time this season to try and bring out the talent that he clearly has. And uh, Flynn has done that very quickly. So, you know, that that's kind of going to be the big shadow. And I think maybe it's revealed itself um, slightly earlier than the Swindon loan dilemma usually does, even uh, because by, before the end of the first window, we're always one, we're already wondering about uh, how quickly in January our our two stars are going to get called back, and we can pretty much only prey on it until then. Yeah, like I've said, I, I don't really want to talk about it every week because it really is what it is. I, I was interested reading a few comments from MK Dons fans who are really frustrated with MK Dons that with whatever happened last season where it resulted that Kent wasn't playing and getting sent out to Hartlepool and then him doing so well at Hartlepool that they couldn't they couldn't sort it out and they had to loan him out again. And the fact that they brought Jack Payne in shows that there's no intention for Dan Kemp to return to MK Dons. It's just whether Swindon can pay out whatever they want in January. But it would be very frustrating. It's not the same as the Scott Twine situation. Scott Twine wasn't really doing anything with Swindon until he went to Newport. But when you've got a player with the pedigree that Dan Kemp has and you're sending him out on loan where he's performing, it must be tremendously frustrating as a fan of the other team. Yeah, it was, I was talking about this in the live blog last week where it's kind of tough to work out why MK Dons are doing this, given how incredibly he'd performed for Hartlepool last season. And then MK Dons are in the same division he'd done quite so well in and didn't seem to have too much of an interest in using him. I'm not sure, though, other than maybe a falling out with him and Graham Alexander very quickly, that there isn't really a logical explanation for a player of his talent for that to happen. You can kind of see why Jake Young got loaned out, because he hadn't had a great time at Barrow last season, struggled to get game time at Bradford. But Dan Kemp, it's just quite difficult to figure out why he's on loan in the first place. And then, as you say, it kind of feels like the bigger villain for, for keeping him is, is probably interest from elsewhere rather than MK Don's wanting to use their own player. Exactly, exactly. Well, we'll move on from Kemp and stick with Jake Young because seven goals in four games, a magnificent start for him, a career-best run, I would probably uh, 
imagine isn't an inaccurate statement. There was a funny line here by Michael Flynn in reference to Jake Young and probably reflective of what fans of other teams he's played for has seen. It was, I guess, sort of the want to deflect a bit of attention maybe away from Jake Young at the moment. He, he said, oh, he'd been useless in training and kind of laughed about it, but then did kind of go on to talk about how he'd you know, been working on some things with Young this week and the different things he needs to do. Um, and you know, and he said obviously has some very glowing things to say about his about his character and how he's conducted himself um, since he'd come in here. He, he said he didn't really feel like he'd come in with a chip on his shoulder or like the desperate need to prove a point, which is an interesting characteristic because I feel like generally speaking, footballers are very keen to prove those points. Um, but it didn't sound like that was Jake Young, and it didn't. And he said because of that kind of thing, he didn't feel like the the increased notoriety around him at the moment would would really get to him in the same way that it might someone else um, when he feels like his pro- point is proven. So, so he certainly feels like the the, the early success he have is, he's had is pretty sustainable. Well, I hope so, <laughs> because it started really, really well. Yeah, I mean, it, it can... I was talking to someone and they were saying that they, they knew someone within within football that was like, Jake Young will let you down eventually. Don't you worry about that. But who knows? That's they, they they told us Owen Doyle was useless, didn't they? And that went on and on and on until he signed a permanent contract. Uh, I'm just enjoying the moment right now. Yeah, more than happy to live in this Jake Young bubble at the moment because it's a good time in there. He's, he's just... Scoring goals for fun and three starts, you know, seven goals. I'm I'm perfectly happy for him to burn out on us at some point, but it's a it's just fun watching him play at the moment, particularly with someone like Dan Kemper. He clearly really has fun playing with. Oh, he's good. He is good. Style. Michael Flynn. Question asked. What was, what was discussed here? He's he's still sticking to this relentless need for him to be focused on the game at all times because he's uh, well even after Crawley I was thinking well we could do this and we've been working on the midfielders and how to press properly and do all of these things like Michael have some fun I was I was I was I always try and play a game with myself in post-match press conferences by trying to write out the introduction before I've heard the manager speak and I, I you know was going was essentially, essentially expecting Flynn to um, run out of superlatives was the line I'd gone off um, after the Crawley game, and he didn't do that at all. He was so grounded and level about it, and you know it's it's probably a good sign for a manager, but it's just infuriating because I, I just want him to be having more fun with this at the moment. To be honest, I do agree. Like sometimes, you, well, you can't enjoy the tough parts of <laughs> of a season. So when you crush a team as comprehensively as we did in that second half against Crawley, you can enjoy yourself without sounding arrogant and disrespectful to the previous opposition it's a fine balance I, I suppose but yeah it, you do want him to go maybe it's just deadline day stress they all get stressed on this day yeah I imagine is especially given that he's the one doing all the transfers now there's not necessarily someone above him who's in charge of that stuff so yeah I, I think he's probably spending a lot of hours with a phone sellotape to his face that's uh, probably not the most fun place to be if you're stressed about all that stuff so I will give him a pass it's just you know, I I just feel like he should he should be just live a little, Michael. It's it's fine. 
I'm not sure Crawley would have been too annoyed if you got excited about that win. Hi Rich, just a reminder to let you know I'm on Points West again tonight, so make sure you tune in. Oh no, here I am holidaying in Europe and I'm going to miss Dan's latest appearance talking about another deep side town performance on the television. Unless... <laughs> of course, I can use my NordVPN subscription. NordVPN allows you to watch sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content. So I'll never miss another Points West with Dan ever again. Huzzah! NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive information like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month, and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. So to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash strangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the podcast along the way. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Lovely stuff. Hi LSPod fans, it's JR here. Enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell Outlet Village. One time I got to serve the then Swindon manager Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, why Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with Muck Delivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. They weren't playing well. I mean, you can't cuddle them. They're not children. They're professional footballers. Here we go then. Doncaster Rovers away. The sort of game I tend to dread, I mentioned this in the previous pod and I was going to sort of try and get you to reassure me because we go to the Eco Power Stadium with Doncaster in 24th place. They are the worst team in the EFL. Grant McCann's great return has not gone so well at all. They had a decent pre-season, built their squad in a reasonable time. They brought in George Broadbent from Sheffield United, Joe Ironside from Cambridge, Ian Lawler from Dundee, Jack Senior came in from non-league from Halifax, Jamie Sterry came in from Hartlepool, the experienced, very experienced Richard Wood came in from Rotherham. And then since uh, Deji Satona's come in from Burnley, Rory Watson from Wrexham, and Tyler Roberts, Wolves and Mofal, who's played a couple of games from West Brom, Tom Nixon on loan from Hull. So they've been busy. The players that have left, you know, they're veterans, um, but, you know, they didn't have a great time last season. Players like Kieran Agard and Rashawn Williams. But the start of the season, um, I imagine they couldn't have been happier with the, with, the, with the first two games on paper. Harrogate at home lost 1-0. Then a trip to Newport County tipped a struggle lost 4-0, a very decent point against Mansfield, 2-2. But the last two games, a home loss to Luke Williams's Notts County, 3-1, and then a loss at MK Dons away last week, 2-1. It's so hard to not think, well, we've got to be, we've got to be dent in this side. It really does depend on where Doncaster Rovers' heads are at. If they're, Michael Flynn says a lot about like, they're better than this and they're going to improve, but we've got to do everything we can to not be that club that lets them get their uh, positivity and motivation back. 
Yeah, I mean, Flynn talks about it. He said, you know, I expect them to turn it around and start climbing the table. And I think he said they were in a false position at the moment, which I think most people would probably agree with. Um, and obviously the, the line, hopefully that starts at about 5.15 to, uh, tomorrow. Um, clearly, that, that's what we all want. I think you kind of have to hope that after the Everton game where you know, Flynn talks about that performance and said he hoped his team was watching it because they'd played very well in that game and were unlucky to lose to a very lacklustre Everton side. You kind of have to hope that they kind of see that as a as a really bleak moment than rather than a really positive one in terms of um, we've played this well and still not got a result. What have we got to do kind of thing rather than, well, if we can do that to Everton, what can we do in our own league? So you know, hope, hopefully that's their outlook and Swindon can keep this run going. But I don't know, two, two big, two, you know, 11 goals in two games. I kind of, I, I don't trust in Swindon enough as a football club, not necessarily this Michael Flynn team. I don't want to tar them with the same brush as all the others, but this isn't the kind of thing that Swindon would usually keep up. They had a reverse situation last season where they started tremendously well. They won like four of their first six games and were unbeaten, and then it all went horribly wrong and Gary McSheffrey lost his, lost his job. And when you see how they started, that would have been unthinkable. They are in a situation where you just know Doncaster fans will be probably thinking, well, McCann's not going to work out. A bit like what happened when we had our Decanio season, when it didn't start so well bar day one. And then people going, well, Decanio, he's all talk. He could probably go now. And Swindon obviously didn't do that and it improved greatly. So things can turn around. And I think what's really interesting is what you were saying about the Everton game. And, and you, you ask him questions about this. So let's go to the Joe zone and come back and talk about that. Yeah, on Doncaster, after what was probably quite an emotionally draining game only two days ago now, do you think that plays much of an impact on playing them this weekend? It can do, but it can work both ways. They can either be mentally exhausted, um, come, out, come out slowly, or they can take the positives that they run a Premier League team very closely um, and it gives them all the confidence or belief they need to kickstart the season so like I said what Doncaster do is not my concern and there's nothing I can do about it the only thing I can do is prepare us to try and nullify their, their threats and for us to exploit their weaknesses and hopefully that works and you know everything is still rosy come five o'clock ten past five whatever it is these days because there's uh, so much added time yeah. one last thing on transfers you obviously are working no. on getting <laughs> trying to get people in is there anyone in the squad who you think you might want to try and get out before now or is everyone who's still in the building someone you want to keep around Look, unless um, unless something changes you know it might be you know one who who goes who probably needs football other than that, no, we haven't we haven't got enough um, bodies just to say right, you know, you can go, you can go, you can go because I've been trying for the right the right people to come in, and if they're not there, I'm not going to leave ourselves short. Thank you, Michael. Cheers. Thank you. Historically, Joe, I've always thought midweek when Swindon have the week off, I've always seen that as a positive for Swindon. But the League Cup is hard to gauge because there's always so much squad rotation, even within the lower league teams, that you don't know who they're going to go with. But I would probably lean towards the notion that even though they lost, the Everton performance 
might come back to haunt us a little bit if if they've had a good few follow up days from that. It, it, they they were quite impressive. Yeah, I, I think we we do have to expect that. I, the main positive I'm thinking is the, just the fact that it was on a Wednesday, right? And having to play Wednesday Saturday, which is a very very quick turnaround. They probably only trained once in between the two games, so you know, hopefully they've not had enough time to take the positives yet, and and they're they're still feeling a bit down about themselves. But it it does feel like that. Even without winning, that can be a bit of a galvanizing experience for a, a team with with more quality. You know, Joey Ironside is a really good striker at this level. And they've just and they've got you know Luke Molyneux who uh, Flynn talked about as well and a couple of other players. So there's there's clearly enough for them to cause win a lot of problems. They aren't the worst team in League Two. They certainly weren't finished the season there. Uh, we just got to hope that they don't figure that out quite yet. <laughs> Do you know how I know that you rate Ironside? I called him Joey. You called him Joey. Look at that! What affection that is for for Ironside himself. Um, Joey Ironside, lovely. Mostly because a good friend of mine supports Cambridge, and whilst drunk, he used to chant about Joey Ironside. Oh, only when drunk, the coward. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was. He was too plain during the day. He would only talk about uh, Wes Hulan. <laughs> and and also in the Joe Zone, there cards firmly close to his chest in regards to outgoing players. A few players have been linked with moves over the last few days. Saidu Khan. Uh, Jake Kane, uh, Tyree Shade, who I did wonder whether him scoring was his last contribution for Swindon, but all quiet thus far. Yeah, as of recording, we've not heard any move, but personally, I took his words to mean that someone probably was going to be going out. And I think, given things I heard earlier in the day, Tyree Shade seems like a prime candidate for that. But you know, to even entertain the fact that someone might need to go and play football when the squad is, is slim, which is, is still in fairly bare bones, position where he said that we're going to need to get lucky with injuries at this point no I, I kind of took that to mean that there is a decent likelihood that someone does leave yeah well we'll see uh brandon cooper has gone to Leighton orient to join up with richie wellens there we go this is all the swindon players moving today it's a, it's a big day for former townies oh i know there's a few swindon town fans on social media that absolutely hate the uh brackets obsession swindon fans have uh, with former players. I'm not saying we should be signing these players. I just like talking about them because they used to play for Swindon. Yeah, they're, they're known names. You know, a lot of EFL players, you've got no idea who they are. So when, when you do recognise a name, I think bring it up, definitely. <laughs> well, that's all we got <laughs> for Doncaster. It's so funny that we do this presser ahead of a game and they barely ever cover. Um, maybe you can change that with some of your questions over uh, when you move over to the advert. But it's it's a once in a blue moon, Joe. We have a player guest who talked for longer than the manager did. It can only be Charlie Austin. Can we just start, Joe, by saying what absolutely great value he is as a, as an interviewee in this in this environment? Oh, this was absolutely brilliant. He. he kind of came in he was sat back in his chair looking quite relaxed you know we I think we like wax lyrical a couple of times last season about Johnny Williams you know I generally just assume Charlie Austin doesn't do pre-match interviews because why would he kind of thing but he was he was just on great form I thought there's some there's some lovely stuff in there stuff about uh speaking to Ben Foster uh was was quite fun and his relationship with the others and him sounding genuinely kind of irate with Johnny Leefield about his role in the team it was it was such a good player interview 
know, it's it's lovely when when someone comes in and and actually just has a good time with it because you know we're not trying to get anyone 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 in trouble in these interviews. I promise. And it, and it really is an environment where you can players can or should be able to relax and just have a little bit of fun. And these sort of sound bites they appear in little bits on BBC Radio Wiltshire. They appear on little bits of the advert with yourself with Total. And it, it's just harmless. It's it's puff piece stuff. There's there's no hard hitting journalism in here. No one's trying to be with the players and. Austin gets it. Funny enough, like when when I talked to him all those years ago, I, I mocked him during the recording for sounding like David Brent. He hasn't changed a bit, but like I said, in this environment, more of it, please. Yeah, if we could get Brent, definitely, definitely get Brent on all the pre matches because he's going to give you something, and that's you know, in my line of work, that's all you really want is is just to have something. Mm, yeah, um, I've got a stop reference in the office because I said something in an, I quoted the office in a recent episode, and a Wrexham fan got offended. Uh, I believe I said uh, respect your elders, screw blockbusters, and a Wrexham fan reached out to tell us that will tell me that Wrexham were indeed older than Swindon Town, so maybe they should watch the office. I don't know. Yeah, if if you're going to lack culture like that, there's no helping you. <laughs> I think a little slug. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it lost me a little bit of ratings on Spotify, I think, but never mind. We move on. Charlie Austin on his role in the team. He's kind of a de facto player, coach. I hear he's a brilliant mentor um, for the forward players and widely respected, universally respected within the chip dressing room, which is always a huge thing because these big, big players can come in and they, especially at this stage of their career, and just be. A bit of a nuisance, a bit of a know-it-all, a bit of a, a diva. But Charlie Austin is, has embraced his role at Swindon just wonderfully. Yeah, we no longer bring it up with every player. It's like, what's it like to know Charlie Austin? But you know, everyone without fail always mentions, you know, Charlie Austin's really good helping with this or Charlie Austin's so good to work with. And, you know, kind of hearing it from the other side here, obviously talking about his role in the team, he's, he was he was kind of going between two lines of forward at various different times of interviews. Obviously, he wants to score goals. He's Charlie Austin. That's who he is. But I I, I kind of feel like he's enjoying this role almost not not as much, but almost as much. Of he genuinely seems to be having a lot of fun with Dan Kemp and Jake Young. They seem like great people to be around. I've I've spoken to um, to Jake Young a couple of times now, and he's he always seems to be good value. So I can see why someone would like to be be around him and. No, he's always he's quick in with the hugs after one of them scores another goal, and you know he's he you know, he's def- he's clearly creating space for them. And you know, at at a certain point, you've got to imagine that teams stop targeting Austin, have to start looking after Young a bit more, and and then you will see Austin get back in the goals in a way that he hasn't been quite so early on this season. But yeah, he he, he, he I think he's taking the more philosophical route, and he's as much as he said he has actually questioned Michael Flynn in this week in terms of. Should he be going into areas where he's not going to score goals so often? But he's he's perfectly happy to do it at this point because it's working for the team. Do you think that he has been marked out of the game? And do you think they've they've overloaded the opposition of overloaded players on Charlie Austin? Because I, I'm thinking of the games I've seen, and I don't necessarily think that's been the case. But his role isn't as attacking as it usually is. But it, it's working so well at the moment, and. There's that lack of centre-forward arrogance that Austin has where it's not about him. He recognises that these two guys, they're doing the Lord's work. So let's just keep that going and he'll 
I mean, he did get a bit of narky about a couple of assists that didn't go his way, didn't he? Yeah, he was um, talking about, I think it's Blake Tracy's and then one of um, Jake Dan Kemp's goals where uh, it sounds like he hasn't been credited with the assist that he definitely thinks he, he should have been given um, um, in the in those games. But, I mean, on the sort of marking thing, I think there were a couple of goals you could... I think it was... Um, uh, I think it might have been the fourth goal of um, Jake Young's at the weekend where you know, Young is essentially unmarked at the back post with a free pass for... Kemp because Austin's on the penalty spot and people are watching after him, or the Forest Green leveler where you know Dan Kemp can ghost into the back post because there's not many people around because they're all looking after Austin. So I don't think it's it's constant people are marking Austin, but you do kind of see at moments where Swindon have scored goals from. You know, where are those defenders? Are oh, right there near Austin? Like, and when he does get into the middle, when when he's not you know making the sort of more supportive runs that. I think maybe last season he would have had more of a problem with being asked to do. Uh, well, what were the highlights? Because there was a lot discussed with Charlie. All the usual amount of questions were asked, but you went into so much detail. Give me the highlights before we go back into the Joe zone. Yeah, I think the personal thing with me was when him talking about um, the Ben Foster situation, because um, I guess being Premier League footballers at a similar time, and possibly having both been at West Brom, plays into the fact that they, they know each other. Um, he seemed quite friendly with Ben Foster. He said that, uh, on on the sort of the topic of him having retired after the Swindon game, he said that he'd spoken to him after the game and had twigged a couple of things that that Foster had said and think, wait a minute, is he? He, he didn't necessarily think he was going to retire straight away, but he he kind of felt that he from things he'd been told um, by Foster that that maybe something was about to come, and then always the retirement comes straight almost straight away. So it was quite interesting, just because I think that Ben Foster situation was just just so interesting. Uh, I, I think the concept of having retired a footballer, although obviously it wasn't quite that simple with the way that Wrexham was start the season and ben, where Ben Foster is in his career, but it was it was just quite interesting to learn a bit more about that from, you know, obviously the players go and chat to each other after the game. I saw Murphy Mahoney speaking at decent length with Foster after that one, and and clearly Charlie Austin had quite quite a, a, a chat, reasonable length with Foster about. Part of that situation, just but you know, a bit more. It's not necessarily Swindon related, but a bit more of a peek behind the scenes is is just quite fun. And then also, obviously, spoke about um, you know, building the links of the trio and uh, in terms of a, a football insight. He said that you know the the best kind of partnerships you have on the pitch are ones that you never actually work on in the first place. And always nice to go back to the Billy Painter Charlie Austin partnership. He said that they'd just been thrown together in a reserve game. It worked. They played together at Carlisle. And and they never look back again, and it's kind of been the same thing with him, Kemp and Young. So, you know, it's always nice to get get an anecdote from the good old days. So, you know, very few players in this winning squad could bust one of those out. Oh yes, the good old days indeed. So close to the championship, so close indeed. Let us return to the Joe Zone this time with Charlie Austin. Um, it's one of those things you're helping Young with the ability to. The out of nowhere goal scoring sensation at Swindon, which obviously <laughs> you know a little bit about. Um, do you know what? I just think as goal scorers, it's the environment you're in. If you're comfortable in your environment, then it then it just helps. That makes you perform better. He's under no not that he's under no he's un, if he's under no pressure. One that yes, he needs the pressures. Yes, he needs to perform. Yes, he's on loan. Yes, he needs to keep the shirt that he's playing with. But other than that, he's playing with pure freedom. And I think you see that he's 
he's just going to go and express himself. I think yeah, you see that both in him and Kempi. Both of them are, are performing to a very good level. By far the two standout players that have been in this league after by the time we started at the start of August to the end, them two have been the standout players. Long may it continue for us. Youngie at the moment, I think it's more because he didn't have the background of it. Say, I don't know what Youngie's stats were, the goals were before this. So you saying that he would not be in a standout scorer, except from a surprise package or whatever the wording would be, is um, one that it was always going to happen. I think he had all the belief. He just needed that confidence and to be told and the arm around the shoulder. You see what he's doing at the moment is phenomenal. Yeah, and you said when you joined initially back in January that you were thinking about automatic promotion that season. Obviously, it didn't happen. Are you seeing more of the signs so far this season? That do you know what, this, make... this sounds really shitty, and I know you want a different answer from me. I do, but it's too early. Like, do you, do you, honestly, like I know it's in the summer. Wrexham was saying they're going to win League Two and be a League One every cup. In the real world, it's way too early. Like signs are there, we're, we're playing good football, yeah, and of course, but there's a long way, you know, as well as I do. Cold places to go on a Tuesday night come Christmas, after that, when it's Jan. Do you know what I mean? It does become a. The league is like up, up and down, but at the. Albeit late Orient went, went away last year, but it is too early to start even thinking about that. Don't get me wrong, it'll come to April time and the people saying, oh, it's six weeks ago and it's still too early and stuff like that. Um, but hopefully come April, we're right in the mix. I don't see us being out of it, regardless of what anyone else was saying. Going off the four games, I certainly get, think we're going to give ourselves a very good chance to have a good season, yeah. Cheers, Charlie. No worries. Ooh, yes, the rigours have been a scoring sensation. Um yeah, I like even though he didn't want to, he 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 knew he was going to give you an answer you didn't want, but he still went with it as well. And it, that that so often over the years when I've done the presser has been a one sentence, one word reply. It's too soon. Yeah, you know this is kind of goes into it like both of those questions because these have been fairly abrupt answers and fairly short things, but you know. Charlie Austin on, on a day that I, I believe they would have been training in the afternoon before heading on. So he did have stuff to do. He's perfectly happy to just kick it back. He, he seemed relaxed and it's always good fun to hear about his answers. And you know, he, he wasn't he wasn't prepared to say that we're, we're going for promotion um, or are going to be right there straight away. But you know, he, was, he, he definitely wasn't ruling it out and it would have been very easy to, to play it down even further than he actually did. That's finish with some predictions joe i had an absolute mare last week in my defense i thought that dom telford was going to be a crawly player and he was going to annoy us and maybe if he had <laughs> if he had the couple of efforts that crawley had in the first half it might be in a different story but um elated that my 2-1 loss didn't come in. You get the point because you predicted a win. You certainly didn't go with 6-0. You currently lead six points to three against um, me, Joe, which is fine. Uh, one of those points was earned by JR for myself, I must add. Doncaster, what are we going for? This is tough because obviously clearly I'm on a, on a hot streak again. Didn't get close to predicting the 6-0, but I, I, I don't want to... I don't. I kind of don't want to say we're going to lose, but also a big part of me thinks surely we don't score again because I mean I look back into it and 
Um, obviously, the last time we scored five games was 2012-13. Um, um, and the time before that, we won the League Cup um, when we scored that kind of thing. So, you know, if we can get a result after this one, then we'll be in very, <laughs> we in, you know, some pretty insane air in terms of Swindon history um, of, of what ended up happening. Um, I just feel like the way Doncaster have started the season, the way Swindon are going at the moment, it, it kind of feels like a 1-0 to Doncaster to me. I'm going to say 1-0 to Swindon because I, I don't want to predict that given that given, with the run that I'm on in terms of predictions, I, I, I can't I can't put, put that to us. So I'll, I'll go 1-0 Swindon. I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw. I think, I think we might race into a lead and then surrender it. And I think Austin might score this weekend. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's going to be like two 0 up after like twenty thirty minutes, and nothing can go wrong now. And then we might just surrender that it, as we sit back. Uh, feels that feels right, uh, but happy to be wrong, and, and and always happy for you to be right this season. <laughs> quite frankly, yeah, because I mean, it does feel like something we would try to <laughs> to go and do that kind of thing, or make for. Another another fun, fun post match press conference. With Mike Flynn having to ask about surrendering leads if if your prediction does come off. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I as I said, I don't want to predict the win. But if given I've got quite a few right recently, I, I don't think I can put us in that situation. Keep the streak. Keep the streak, uh, Joe. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music for the presser is provided by the awesome Drag Me Down and the podcast logo was created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on you Reds! Come on Swindon! Hi Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.